Sandra and Noah. Hello, darlings. Hello, darlings. And welcome to the Theatre World Podcast. My name's Noah Bender. And I'm Sandra Nemchik. And our guest this week is a fabulous multi-hyphenate. She's an arts teacher, an actress, a model, a Pentecostal minister, an entrepreneur, and a social media sensation. But I just call her a damn star. Her motto is <laughs> vintage equals treasure. Please welcome the one and only Lady Glam. Ooh. Now, I, I, most of you can't see. I put on my dark glasses for the my dark Gucci's for this, but I'm going to take them off now. I always have to make an entrance. So. Yes, yeah, so you look like a Hollywood starlet. What <laughs> was like? Was that <laughs> You've got a lot of titles. Oh yes. Well, I changed the one thing to entrepreneur because it, everybody was like so which thing do you really do but i do everything so, so you're a renaissance woman I, yeah i mean yeah wow i like that renaissance woman <laughs> <laughs> there is a new renaissance coming i mean every pandemic has to have some kind of rebirth or something that's true that's true and well, we're going to talk about that because I've been... You've been like a rebirth phase of your life, it seems. No, actually, I reinvented myself every 10 years of my life, and that's not a joke. Um, I just find that if you stay in one place, it's stagnant, and I don't ever want to be... Which is why I don't just do one thing. I try to put everything under one heading of entrepreneur and it's only because of the generation of me social media that i have the ability to do that because usually people thought i was out of my mind insane so <laughs> and why would they think that i don't know well, well tell us how did you get the moniker lady glam or as yes, i first knew you, lady glam glam okay well i was a pentecostal minister <laughs> now i call myself um an eclectic minister, but my roots are Pentecostal. Okay. But because I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community, a lot of people freak out when they hear Pentecostal and say, what are you crazy? I happen to minister to, which is another one of the hats that I wear. And I minister to by embracing them, letting them know that love is love. I actually have an online um, church that- Yeah, I want to talk about of... that. Okay, so, so basically yeah. what happened is I went out for the first time after all those years, and uh, I think it was probably 35 since I had been in the community. I had no idea that people thought I would, looked like Lady Gaga, or rather, she looked like me. I was 30 of course, years old. And this group of young people took a picture of me, and they put like a faux crown on me and said, um, Lady Glam, Queen Lady Glam Glam. And I've been getting a lot of publicity online and this woman saw me and she had just picked me up. She wanted to be, she was my agent. And she said that she knew stage name, Lady Glam Glam. So mm -hmm. we kept it for years, but I don't want to be- It's a great stage be, name. Yeah. It is, but I don't want to be a copy of anyone else. Has so anyone- So oh. the glam and made it Lady Glam instead of Lady Glam Glam, which is official. Lady Has glam Lady Gaga reached out to you yet? Ironically, I, look, I'm not going to be off of anybody else's stuff. I thought it was funny. And if you look at mashups of us, it's really weird because we really not only look like when I was her age, it's scary. I mean, I've gone to her dad's restaurant mm -hmm. and people have taken their cameras out to take pictures. <laughs> so 
I mean, to me, that was bizarre, but people have sent her my stuff and she knows who I am because her personal assistant who does bartending in the place, and it was a long time ago, said, oh my God, I got to tell Stephanie, I just saw her in 10 <laughs> years from now. And I said, why don't you try 30 years from now? And, and I hand her my business card. I said, anytime she needs someone to play her when she's sober, let me know. Yeah, that'd so be so cool. So she's aware of who I am. Flash <laughs> words, flash do a duet. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. my gosh. I don't think I could I don't think I could ever do I have to tell you, I'm really shy and I've had terrible oh, come stage on. fright. No, people don't believe that, but you know, there's a persona that we put on and you know, this I always say to my kids, um, courage is not the absence of fear, it's the decision that something is more important than fear. So feel the fear mm. and do it anyway, because with God, all things are possible. And I make them use that as a mantra they could put in or add, but it's mm -hmm. from by some of the greats that I did something eclectic. Just because we choose to do something doesn't mean that we don't have fear. It means that we choose to do it anyway. Yeah, yes. and well, get over let, it. Let's turn back the clock and go to the first era of Lady Glam Glam. Mm. What was early glam the first phase of your career in showbiz like okay well if we're gonna turn it back that far i my real name which i'm not gonna say they changed it a million times so one of the first things they used i think was gail robbins mm -hmm. then from gail robbins it became muffin <laughs> yes wow. tell us about muffin. muffin so muffin was one of my first professional stage name um, <laughs> a guy saw me at a party and I was wearing this marabou beige white off-white sweater hanging off my shoulders and I was tiny and petite with a little velvet velvet skirt that was short and it looked like I was a muffin and little like ankle <laughs> boots and all makeup up with my hair curly and he went oh my god you're the cutest muffin I ever saw and my friends thought that was the funniest thing so Ergo, it was Muffin Goes to Broadway, Muffin Goes to Hollywood, Muffin Goes Gay, <laughs> Muffin Goes... It was everything, and it stuck, and I started to use it. And one of the earliest things that I could... I mean, I used to go out and showcase and deep places, but um, I was with an all-girl group. Now, I think... I, I'm going to tell you they might have been called Nightlife. I'm not sure. That's how long ago it was. Like a it singing a, group? Yeah, it was a four-girl, like, rock pop group. Oh, fun. And actually, I can tell you who was managing us and doing our music at the time. But I don't know that you're going to know who they are. There was a really famous band called Stray Cats. And this is going back, I was like in my 20s. And Brian Setzer, I think, is it, I, I, you know, this is what I have to check. I think Brian Setzer is the famous brother. But okay. I, it was his younger brother that was managing us, but it was so many years ago. But the Setzer family that are related to the Stray Cats, it was the brother of. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the first things I did. We would, in, you know, Manhattan, I would do a lot of cabaret stuff. Can we find that music on, like, do you have, like, original song no, music that you, no? because we never, ever. Covers? I mean, he might have it, but we never did any covers. We were just out performing. Now, my music from my um, CD in 19, well, it was 2001, all my stuff is online. All my music under Glam is out there, G-L-A-M-B. It's on TikTok, it's on Instagram, it's on um, Facebook, they use it as sound bites. Um, I'm all over. So all my stuff is there, but I, I don't even know if we ever, I don't remember if we ever recorded, I know we didn't have any singles out, but 
it was like a succession. I would go to pop and then I try to write my own stuff. And, you know, I was working with producers, but back then it was really different. It's not like you, you make it and you put it out. Right. It took a little so, more time. And then I got into, by my, I would say that was like 27 to maybe 30. And then I got into, and I think it was 34 or 35, I went back to school for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Mm -hmm. And um, I landed a role, and it is going to sound really funny, um, in um, Hebrew theater. Now, Hebrew theater, actually, the Hebrew Actors Union came the same time as or even dated Actors' Equity. And uh -huh. um, I wound up being in a Yiddish play that started out being 100% in Yiddish, and I had to memorize. I I got like the part Did of the Yiddish. I had knowledge of it because my family spoke Yiddish, Oy and hey. so I had really vasmachta vasitzia brach. So right. I um, had a really good friend that lived in the Hasidic community, and she worked on my lines with me, and I got the part, and I was like one of the stars. The only time I ever got to wear a wedding dress, it was in Florida. I did the Florida circuit, and then that was how a lot of the things that I did that were really exciting happened in Florida and the southern states. So was this, was this on tour, or did you, like, stay yeah, in one primary? Yeah, I was on tour. Oh, I was fun. on tour, okay. and we were in one of the hotels there, mm -hmm. and it was really exciting because we started out doing it in completely Yiddish, and then they did it 50% Yiddish and 50% um, English because I think it was a dying art speaking Yiddish and Yiddish theater. I mean, they still have it, but all the stars that I worked with, they're not um, alive anymore, but they were really great actors. And, you know, people say, well, can you imagine you're on stage and you're doing a show and people don't understand how, sometimes it seems exciting, but if you lose a line on stage, that line is gone. Try mm -hmm. losing a line and catching up, up when you're doing it in Yiddish and you have right. no idea what you're yeah, saying. You're just like, oh, <laughs> oy vey. You just have to memorize the words. But it was really exciting. And um, it was the only time I ever got to wear a real wedding dress um, because I get married in the end of the show. And the show, the guy who did it, was he was a mishkina. I don't know if you know what a mishkina is. Like... He tried so hard, and I think he overdid his budget. And I think we mm. had opening night and closing night in the same day. Really? But it, yep, and it afforded me a lot of opportunities because, I, unbeknownst to me, I had gone on um, an audition for The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And I, I was asked to read for the part of um, The Wicked Witch of the West. It was children's theater. But no back fun. then, children's theater was really, really big. And you would go on tours. And... They didn't have, like, you join the union, you don't. The way it was is to get into one of the unions, you could get points for certain shows. So the Yiddish theater gave me points. And if I did children's theater, it was more points, which allowed me to join Actors' right. Equity. And okay. then you get courtesy because it's a parent union. So what, what happened was um, somebody had given me a call. I, I was working because when I was in the Yiddish theater, a lot of people saw me and loved it. And so they asked me to sing in their places. And they had, you know, it's Florida. This was Miami. A lot of old Jews. Right. And so I was doing one-woman shows in a lot of the places there. And I get a phone call saying, hi. Now, this was almost eight months to a year later. Do you know who Tony Randall is, the original from The Art Couple? 
if you go to the original odd couple, Tony Randall is like was a huge star. Okay. So All right, we'll have to watch it. They, we were like in an equity place um, going for this audition, and Tony Randall walks out, and Wolf's standing online waiting to the audition. He's like, Come in, come, come in with us. You could watch us. And it was a great thing to say, and nobody got off the line. I was like, No, we're trying to get work. And he's like, Oh, good. And I, I don't know, maybe he was like my blessing that day because eight months later, after I thought I didn't get the part, they said, We want you to play The Wicked Witch of the West. And I went on tour from Florida for three months in the Can Southern you give us a state. cackle? My pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, you. I think you gravitate towards these kind of brassy, over the top, uh, kind of evil roles. Even like, tell me, what does the word diva mean to you? Well. It's funny that you ask a question like that because in our generation, it, it it could depict someone who is on the highest level of stardom. But if you really look at it, sometimes they don't, They when they call people a diva, it's not a nice word. And mm -hmm. if you go into other meanings of it, it everybody's like, oh, you call yourself a diva and that's so evil. And I'm yeah. like, oh, stop. There's like a but, capital D and a lowercase d, you know? There's like diva and then there's diva. I yeah, there's like, oh, she's a diva. She's she's uh, has too many demands. I never gravitated towards these roles. They picked me for it because mm -hmm. everybody always played the villain because it was more the character role that was yeah. comic, comedy. Like I think of a diva as someone who just eats up the stage, someone who commands uh -huh. every second of of the, uh, commands everybody's eyes, and those kind of roles like. Uh, Wicked Witch of the West, like Miss Hannigan, which uh, mm -hmm. you, which I'm Gypsy sure you've Rose done. Thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Mama Rose, those kind of things. No, Mama uh, Morton. Mama oh, Morton. yes, Mama Morton. Mama Morton. Yeah, I know you sang that song. a few times. And I, you know, I want to say to you, it's interesting, but there is a reason that I got those roles. When you look at somebody that they would call um, an ingenue, an ingenue is usually the young or the star who was slender and she had a beautiful lyric soprano voice and it was like oh sweet mystery and i was like oh when you're good to mama yes so, you're brassy so i had what they called it was called the it's called the petite belter that used to be on my resume it was called a petite belt well, the ethel merman syndrome favorites? like an ethel merman yeah yeah you she's know. a tiny lady just like she had big hair you know, <laughs> I, I, Lady Glam, I thought of you the other night because I was watching the new Little Mermaid movie and I loved it, by the way. I thought it was really well done. I thought the musical numbers were great. But when Ursula came on the screen... I knew you were going to say that! <laughs> not just because of, um, you know, your, your fabulous uh, short silver hair and all, but the... But Melissa McCarthy's voice is similar to yours, I think. I think, listen to her version of Poor Unfortunate Souls and tell me that you don't think it sounds like Lady Glam. I, it felt like your Another... presence coming through. I mean, I feel like that's a role that you would be great as. How many stage names have you had? Um, well, it's how many times have they changed my name? But in stage names, we went to Galen Ross. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so these are names that I've performed under or presented under. If it was a 
just hang out kind of venue, like a karaoke host or being in a piano bar, Japanese piano bar, domo yeah. origato gozaimashita, and singing with the gentleman. I have been under the name Muffin Brandy, Jael, um, <laughs> Lucy, um, Brandy Robbins, Galen, Galen Ross, Gabriella Lamb into Glam into Lady Glam. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know any other actors who have had this many transitions in their life. Yeah, that's like every 10 years, you said, right? Uh, yeah. And with it, well, Glam came because I went silver. Mm -hmm. yes. Glam came because I was in my 60s. Well, it's because you're just glamorous. Well, yeah, or I was looking for more of a name that sounded cougarish because oh. I was coming out with the persona. Um, but now I'm kind of back is in ministry, so I have to have some Lady Glam sounds a little more. Although it's they classy. don't call me Pastor or Reverend of Lady Glam. It sounds like you're <laughs> on the run from the cops or something, trying to <laughs> trying to stay anonymous in, in in many different ways. But let me ask you a question: If you had the opportunity to change who you were over and over and over again. Wouldn't you look at the greats that have reinvented themselves? Yeah. Madonna and Gaga both come to mind. Mm -hmm. They reinvent themselves because people get bored and they want to see what you're doing. So that's why I laugh when people say, which one are you? You say actor, singer, author, silver model, public figure, influencer, ordained minister. And I'm like, I do all those things. All the I have done modeling. Um, you know, I have, I am an author. As a matter of fact, I think I shared with you that we're hoping in the next, maybe this year or next year, um, I will have my memoirs out. Yes. Beware. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for that. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, you guys are really nice. When I heard that you wanted to interview me, and you know there's going to be a follow-up to this because there's a lot of stuff coming out right. and up again. But I was like... I was, I was actually did something today that I wanted to share and I'm going to do like a video on this, but we don't realize what we do and how other people view what we do. Cause I was like, oh, but it's not really that much of a big deal. I mean, I did it. I'm, you know, I'm an ordinary actor and, and people are like, but do you realize what you did? And I'm like, no, because you have to keep your head back. Well, maybe not everybody does it. I always try to stay humble. Because mm -hmm. the same people sure. you meet on the way up are the same people you meet on the way down. Yes. And it's very true. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just fascinated with you, Lady Glam. I, I found you on social media around three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had you on my, my first podcast, Two Dummies, with Devin Ruskin, which was a hoot and a half. We had you on as our love guru. Um, yeah, and then Noah, you sent me videos of Lady Glam performing, and you were like, "Here's a star," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah. we, we just kind of like we're drawn to you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm honored. So I'm honored by we. There has to be at least thirty to forty, forty years between us, maybe even more, <laughs> forty plus. And I guess what I've always wanted to do is continue to impact generations because I don't believe in the generation gap. I believe in generation gap, which is why I still work with children. I have second graders that I'm teaching yes. this year, fourth graders you're, you're, and you're, high school kids. You're like a fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's another part for me to play. Bippity boppity boo. Oh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yes, you'd be perfect. Bring her to Broadway. 
but she'll she'll only come out for one number and then she'll go back to sleep. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, well, I mean, let's talk briefly about your social media presence, um, because I think you have developed an audience on TikTok and Instagram by being vulnerable, by being you, by saying, this is this is who I am every day. This is what a normal day in my life is. This is how I'm feeling. And I think what I've noticed is that you have really cultivated a new kind of relationship with the uh, LGBT plus community. Can you talk about how your your presence on social media has you know impacted that relationship? Well, the good part of it is, is that the age range of people that follow me is eclectic. Yeah. Um, I checked my analytics one day and I entertained the 13 year olds as much as the 65 plus, And that's a wide audience. Men seem to be fascinated me, with me or they were. And that's okay because I don't care what you are as long as you're respectful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have such an eclectic following. And in the LGBTQ plus community, um, once I went back to doing an online, um, we have an online service with, uh, another, I do with another gay pastor. And then we started, We I didn't know if we were going to make it. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was a turnaround and everybody was coming in. And it's a service that's, geared as a shelter in the storm to the gay community to show that love is love. But what we see is that we don't do a sermon like, and we're not that kind of <laughs> yeah. service. We'll give a really sweet message, but it's open for like an hour and a half and we have um, guests. So you could have nine people on screen at once. And what we do is we open up the floor, whether you agree with us or not, to have open conversation of what we spoke about how does it affect you? We don't want you to believe the way we believe. We want to share faith, hope, and love to bring healing to people. And yeah. in our church, we believe that the dogma and the legalism was replaced with the law of love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love God or your higher power, love yourself and love your neighbor. And loving yourself is important. So we opened it up. And what happened is, is I started to get an eclectic group that didn't see me as a threat because I was LGBTQ. I mean, I had people from all walks. I mean, if I told you- I mean, you're setting an example. I hope so. I don't wanna, I want unity. I don't want disunity. I don't get political. I don't bang people over the head. Um, unfortunately, the word Christian has become synonymous with the enemy. And I call myself a follower and a believer in Christ. I don't identify as a Christian anymore because there are good Christians and there are bad yeah. Christians, just like there are good people and there are bad people. It, what's happening is, is when they hear I'm a Christian, they would be like, oh, you're one of those. And I'm like, but wait, I mean, I actually had somebody call me a Karen online and I'm like, did you notice that this is a gay church? Yeah. And then they yeah. shut up and left. <laughs> well, it, you've, you've, you know, created a space for people who might have felt rejected by religious institutions and create a space for them to still participate in this religious institution, but feel accepted, which is incredibly important and healing. Well, you know, a lot of people don't talk. I mean, I don't want to get into the semantics, but there is a very famous trailer out and a movie that was created, I think it was probably three plus years ago, but it's done independently. It's called um, 1946, The Mist Translation. 
And it basically tells the story about gay people who chose to, they felt that they had no purpose in the church, even though they loved God and they were a throwaway. And they wanted to know, why am I like this? And what does God really say? And they started to do an in-depth study and found out that the three scriptures that were used to condemn homosexuality, the word that was used in the Hebrew and the Greek was never homosexual. It was pedophilia. It was done because during Greece and Rome, the parents were still giving their sons, young children, for favors to the hierarchy. And so they, it, was, it was man with male or young boy. And in 1946, for political reasons, this group of theologians got together and changed it to homosexuality. And a seminary student who happened to be doing study said, why did you do this? Do you understand the problems you're going to create? And they agreed with him. And they changed it back, but 130 translations of millions of Bibles had already been circulated, and ergo, the hate on LGBTQ plus began. Yes, and some people manipulate words to, um, you know, do their own, or for their own benefit, you know. And it's very sad because you think of all the people that took their lives, the parents that threw away their kids. And that's why I was drawn to, I mean, to the community to do that. But I think that there are so many topics that we could use when it comes to theater and the arts. And that's why I, my work, life's work is, is creating a message, one visionary creation at a time, whether it's music, writing a song, writing a play, writing a book. I, that's what I teach to have other people. If you have a message, let's use the arts to heal theatrically, um, make something big. Let's make a movie. Let's make a song. And then I also use it as theater therapy yeah. where we calm the nervous system, not by doing a presentation, but by having, you know, songs and monologues myself. Right. Taking those things that I coupled with a hol organic holistic. We were actually talking about starting we wanted to do a summer camp for adults. Um, one day a week, a three-hour program, which was a form of theater therapy called The Path to Surrender. And we wanted to use the arts of holistic and organic um, meditation and yoga and theater to calm the nervous system down. Wow. Well, I really admire the way that you're using your platform, Miss Glammy. Um, let's transition to our theater world lightning round. Gonna ask you some rapid fire questions about your your taste and your history and everything. Let's start with Glammy. Who is your favorite Broadway diva? Barbara Streisand, Patti Lapone, and I wish I could have seen her. Um, I I love Leah Michelle, and I would love to see her in the part of Funny Girl. In Funny Girl, yeah. I mean, yeah, like she's gonna be closing soon. Do you relate know, to Fanny Bryce? Um. I love Fanny Bryce, but I've never really seen any of her footage. But yeah, I could see myself in that kind of feel. In like, when, uh, it's a role I always wanted to play. That's right. why I love Leah Michelle. Hey, Miss Darren. Yeah, do you know all the? Do you know all the songs? Like, <laughs> like I'm the greatest star and all that, and and uh, music that makes me dance and all that. Yeah. What do you when you look at me? What a lovely creature is this fun. You, <laughs> I love it. You, you got you got you to bring, do you like a one woman show. Just put yourself. Yeah. People I who need people. I my original CD. I did people. If you listen to my the 
they're going, what's a CD? I actually have <laughs> um, a CD that um, was originally done. It's called The Survivor Sings. It's under the name Gabriella Lamb. And if you research it online, it's going for, I think, almost $80 now. Which oh, wow. is because it's collector's item. Fun. That is funny to me. Mm-hmm. It was $9.99. I'm like, 80? I'm going, who's getting this money? Because it's not me. Somebody's <laughs> selling my CD. You need to start signing CDs and selling them on eBay. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe I really <laughs> and another thing, tell me, tell me what uh, Judy Garland means to you. Oh, my gosh. Now, even more, Judy Garland is one of the greatest legends and singers of all time. Because I know she's your favorite, one of your other favorites. She what about a- Liza? Well, I like Liza, but Judy, to me, had a diversity and a heartbreaking persona mm-hmm. that just speaks to me. Um, I actually loved the movie, Judy, that was done. Um, I thought the portrayal was absolutely oh, with amazing. Oh, Renee Zellweger? She, Renee Zellweger is, is, I'm a fan of hers. I love her and adore her. And I thought she nailed everything, the motions. Um, Judy Garland sang. She danced. She, she, I mean, when we talk about dancing, the woman could tap. But when I think of what she went through as a child star to sustain to where she did, yeah. and it's not her fault that she was on pills and drugs because they made her into yeah, that. They gave- I I love her. I she's the only diva that I haven't seen that I wanted to. I've seen. I think I saw Liza. I've seen Ju- um, Barbara Streisand. I've seen Ella Fitzgerald. Um, and then the list goes on. But Judy is the one person I never got to see, and I wish that I had because she she was she was an incredible soul and a beautiful spirit. And she her light went out way too fast. You mentioned uh liza minnelli and i know xandra you have such a connection with liza minnelli too oh absolutely i mean uh i became really obsessed with her you when i watched liza with a z the dvd that i like bought like one day i was like what is this this looks amazing and then it came with like a an album and everything and that but you know i i could see how you know you you were drawn to judy because she is such like an iconic person but Liza Minnelli also has her own kind of like thing and you know like she embodies like cabaret like nothing no one could ever touch that I don't think you know well you know what it is I think that um do you mind if I ask how old you are oh I'm 37 okay so you're kind of like in the middle of Noah and I Mm -hmm. and basically I think what happened is the generation that, like I teach, kids do not know who Judy is. They don't know who Liza is either, but there's more chance they're gonna know who Liza is than Judy. And um, you see this woman that does shows and she's in Vegas and she's iconic for her cabaret, especially the movie cabaret. But most people, I think your generation, I mean, are you aware of how many movies Judy Garland did? from the time she was a child all the way going up. Do you know how I mean, much- All those ones with like uh, Mickey Rooney and, um, uh, you know, Babes in Toyland and uh, the one where uh, she was like a, like a little girl and she sang to she uh, Clark Gable. Star. She was a Hollywood star. And I could see your generation- One of the first megastars. 
Right. Yeah. And see, I could see that, like, we, I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues, and we were like, and please, I'm not saying this to hurt anybody, but her opinion was Hollywood is dead, that people would rather see and talk to influencers that sing and act than they would Hollywood. And I think that it's just that everything has been combined together. It's not like you have to look a certain way. So where it was that she had to look a certain way and have a certain weight and they had to look like Hollywood stars and she didn't fit into that and they tried to glamour and put her on pills. And Liza was different. Liza was big, Liza was bold, but her movies and her movie career was very different than her mother's. Mm -hmm. um, you saw somebody like Judy Garland, she was on, I don't know if you know this, but she was on specials with Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. They look up the stuff with her and Streisand singing. She was on the, um, I think, look at the one woman TV shows that were the out Judy there. Judy Garland show? Yeah, there was, but, but there were people before she was Judy that she was on with them. and Like the variety shows, the review shows. Right, that they don't have really, they don't really have anyone. Their talk shows with entertainment. So I think that your generations would, it would appeal because I think Eliza at a certain point was more relatable than Judy because Judy seemed untouchable. She yeah. was part of that Hollywood clan, and not that it doesn't exist, not that Hollywood doesn't exist anymore, but if you ask young it's people- It's a different culture. Mm -hmm. Right, well, who would you rather meet? They're gonna pick one of the influencers and say, well, I wanna meet this influencer. And it just shows you that the everyman now has the ability to be for everyone, which goes back to you saying to me, well, you seem to have been honest with people, I had people that were saying, why do you look like that? Why don't you have makeup on? You shouldn't go on like that. Don't tell them what's happening. And I diametrically closed everything they said. And I went with my gut. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't be authentic, then you're not going to find people that are looking to watch. Well, I think you're living the the truth of 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 the next generation of Judy Garland because, like like you said, you know, actors these days in Hollywood, you know, they kind of have their one thing. They're they're a star of the screen. They're they're a singer or whatever. But you know, you're bringing back, you know, the Jack star of all who trades. does it all. Yeah. And they were like that. They did everything. Yeah, they could she sing, dance, host, act, everything. Right. The progression of a true theater person, in my opinion is someone who did tour, who did do everything when they were there. And eventually they become writers and they become directors and they become mentors and they become teachers. Cause I'm not here to keep it for myself. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants to be that, that minister who's up there and making all the money. And I said, but that's not what my God taught us. We were yeah. taught to recreate what he did and send others out. So when people are like, well, you have followers and you have fans, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to help me if I don't make more people that have the ability to do and can carry on the legacy. I'm mm -hmm. a legacy builder. I you're want the, you're the diva minister. Ooh. I yeah. want people Write that down. <laughs> diva minister. But this is in life, period. I want people online to know that everybody has gifts and talents. And I can help anybody find their niche relax themselves and to live their dream anyone can do it i'm an ordinary woman who is allowed to do extraordinary things i'm not an extraordinary woman i've done ordinary things but i was put in a place to be showcased sure. and my job is to show everyone that they have the ability to do that 
Everybody has a talent. I'm sorry. Yeah, All I right. think like my favorite thing um, that you used to do, it was your like kind of like your fireside chats that you would just like turn on TikTok and you just like go. And it would just be you just talking and being real and it'd be early in the morning. It's and you'd be, yeah. Uh, you know what? I will do. I was uh, once we had more word on where my memoirs are going to be. Um, I have an agent who is, I believe, going to be picking me up again, but I can't make announcements with names. They came back to me when all the mandates were dropped and things that we're doing. And I'm ready to begin my whole life again at 65, which to me is, that's awesome. So I will be doing more things online. And if I have people that want to listen to me and want to sit and spend time with me, when do you do something like that? I mean, I thought about a podcast, but I like to see people. So when do you, when do you think I should do the early morning lady glam show? I, I mean, I love when you do it on TikTok because like you just, you just, Hit it, go. We yeah. see you. You're there. The early morning lights coming in. Like you can even do it outside on a porch or something. Okay. I'm gonna I am gonna listen to that because what I was saying is what interested me is that the I, I am across the board appeal to 13 year olds and 65 plus. And I I wanna do that. I just want to inspire people every single day that it's the things that you go through that make you stronger. And everybody has the ability to be, look, you're gonna tell me either I'm crazy or you're gonna say, yeah, I thought that too. Don't you ever wonder in this vast universe that it's a possibility that right now there is another place and another dimension and they're going, oh, look, they're doing an interview with Lady Glam. And, <laughs> they're watching oh, look, us. There's, there's no Bendy's. You don't think? I, I still think that we're being watched. We're the stars of the Aliens TV show. Yeah, I love it. There you go. <laughs> well, because, I mean, I think what drew me to you, like, you know, you're obviously a fabulous performer. You can sing, you can act. But I think what drew me to you is your your naturalness on camera just, just being as yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a skill on its own to be able to communicate effectively through the phone your true personality and Aww. your true your whole self everything is what you see is what you get you know yeah i gotta tell you alex you're beautiful and i love the essence of you oh thank I, you, you. Just, I, I mean i know what knows i love and adore and we're we're similar in a person but you're just so sweet and so kind and i think that if you can't i think that the ability to just show who people who you are people don't want they want organic, authentic people. They don't want somebody who's sitting with a script in front of them. It, even even when I used to preach with the kids, this is going back like 15, 10, 10, 12 years ago, um, I prepared pages and pages and pages. And when I got up, it was like somebody took over my body, my pages fell to the floor and I just became, became what the message was. And that's the way I live my life. I don't yeah. want to pretend to be somebody I'm not because people find out if you're not who you say you are. Oh, totally. You know that saying, well, fake it till you make it? I'm like, no. I'm going to say, I'm really sorry. I want to do this, but I'm really not. I don't understand it. Can you teach me so I can give you the best of me? Yes. And that's my yeah. life with my life. So. Well, let's move on to the next question. This is the lightning round after all. Oh. Lady <laughs> <Glenn>. <laughs> well, uh, the, the next question is, uh, what song, moment, or show that always makes you cry? Probably um, 
I'm pretty sure it's Jekyll High. This is the moment. I, I love that song. That is great. I did it. It's a male song, and I chose to do it. It went on my CD. It's in my bites and on social media. And when I did the jump out of the plane, I used that to back me. So this it's, is the moment. Yeah, in terms of like male songs, that is a diva song. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. For a for a for a male singer, and this has, like, is the moment. Changes, right? Yeah, beautiful song, beautiful song. Okay. And then, what would you tell a young Glammy starting out in in the showbiz? If if you could if you could if you could talk to Muffin, what would you say to Muffin? I wouldn't go back with Muffin. I would go back to Baby Gale, whose grandparents and parents stuck on a piano in the Catskills with my cat's eye glasses and said, "Sing," and I did. And I used to be scared out of my mind at three and a half and four, and they always had me like a show pony. I would have said, don't worry about this. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. If you smile and show them your heart, they're going to love you. That's wonderful. Just be in love. So. Mm -hmm. And what is the single greatest experience you've ever had in theater? The final question. Yes. This could be on stage, off stage, in the audience. A, watching a, a student, well, watching yourself. Well, I guess yourself. doing theater or topa, but I had a lot of, and, and singing at Central Park in front of 10,000 people. But the funny part, which was sad and funny, I loved children's theater, even though it was in Union when I did The Wicked Witch of the West. This poor child, they had a whole theater full, and they used to make me go on my broomstick down the aisles and uh -huh. do my thing. And this little girl jumped in her counselor's lap and wet the floor. <laughs> and I spent, after the show, because we used to meet the kids, I spent the next hour soothing her out of makeup and telling her, it's only a dream, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of a compliment, though, right? To be to be the, the monster, so the villain, fearful. to, to be scared, to, be, to be get booed. <clears throat> Oh, I'm sure so she still remembers it. <laughs> and I gave her candy and I spoke to her and I just let her know, I guess I was the reality check of make-believe and what was real. But it was, there was something special about those moments because the yeah. kids thought I was a star and wanted my autograph. And I would go and say to them, you could do this too. And it was connecting with the audience and impacting a generation. So I think that was my greatest moment. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, we yeah. talked about this with, with a previous guest, um, but since you love playing a villain, how do you feel about being booed on stage? No one's ever booed me. Really? You've never been booed? No, they usually laugh. I, I will never forget. I was in, um, was Jekyll Hyde? Yeah, it was Jekyll and Hyde. And I played um, one of the pompous ladies and I was wearing petticoats up the wazoo. And I get strangled and, uh -huh. and they're pulling me off stage and everybody was hysterical laughing because my little legs were so <laughs> tiny so like even at Hannigan people were roaring at me uh, dragging Annie all over the floor I mean <laughs> we I had a very I was a very um physical Hannigan and my co-star knew that if she if she ever upstaged me I was going to grab her and pull it upstaging meaning people think that means they stand in front of you it means that she would be behind me and you have to bring them up mm -hmm. so you can talk them so she was a fabulous talent 
and we killed it and people loved that my my director who was my best friend and we fought and almost killed each other was like you gotta do this mean and i said but i don't see her as mean i see yeah. her as ridiculous so i would be like every time there was a man on stage i would do the campy stuff <laughs> doing all, my faces and then when the kids what do you want to the kids so they <laughs> no one ever booed me they thought i was funny well, you can take this as a compliment, but if I saw you as Miss Hannigan or the Wicked Witch of the West, I would boo the hell out of you. <laughs> I see it as you a compliment. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank when you. I, when I play Captain Hook on stage one day, I oh, don't worry. expect I to be fully, you. I will expect to be booed off the stage. I will definitely boo you, okay. Noah. I will boo you, Joseph. I don't think people do that anymore. You could be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it seems like audiences are nice. Like, they would say, but you have to understand, it was his childhood that made oh, it. Yes. So he didn't have a mother. Life. Yeah, that's why I like wrestling so much, is that there's so much booing and so much yeah. just cheering and- Camp. And, yeah, just just the, the, the side, the different sides of being an audience member, I, I'm really fascinated with. So funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much, yeah, Lady Glam, you, Lady for coming Glam. on our podcast. This was so much fun getting to chat it up with you. Now we can like call you our, our Glammy. You can. You could call me your own personal Glammy. And I'm going to make sure that I let everybody know. Um, if you give me little excerpts and teases that I could send out, they'll be on TikTok and For Facebook sure. and Clapper and every single place and um, Instagram. We got it everywhere. So uh -huh. let me well <laughs> well, we've got all of your social media handles in the description of this episode. But tell us what you want to promote of uh, of yourself. Well. Again, I'm waiting on something. I do hopefully have memoirs coming out within the next year. And uh, it, it, when everything is in, there are things happening behind the scenes that I'm waiting on. So I can't really, like possible my agent picking up again. And I can't really get into that. Um, but we, and if anybody wants an adult class, which would be a form of theater therapy, and it would be in the tri-state area, you let us know because we're gonna put together an, a three-hour thing that would be theater and holistic organic therapy in one, and it's all done through the arts. And it'd be very exciting. So you let us know if you want anything like that. And I look forward to coming back and tell you what's gonna happen soon, I hope. Yeah. Yes, we can't wait for your memoir to come out. Can't wait to, can't wait to read it. Um, Hopefully it'll go on audiobook too, so you could read it aloud. Yes, I want to hear oh, your voice telling it. your own story. Yeah. I actually said that I wanted to do that, and of course, certain situations and names get changed to protect the innocent. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> but you know, my TikToks sometimes reflect my past. Um, if you look at the TikTok that's up on Instagram and TikTok, um, true story. <laughs> Yes. I'm not going to say anything more. And, and, <laughs> I, and I encourage you, Lady Glam, to do more musical stuff on TikTok. I think I, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you sing all the classic diva songs. I want to hear you do Poor Unfortunate Souls. souls. I want to hear you do Little Girls. Oh, yeah. I want to hear Metal you Arc. sing. Yeah, Meadowlark, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mm -hmm. Just all, all those all those classic diva songs that I know you have in I'm your repertoire. I'm going to start over again. And I will make sure that I do that. And I love you guys. I really do. I we love you. What you do. And thank you for bringing to the masses what you're doing. Because 
they don't, a lot of people don't know who are a lot of the greats that you mentioned, and they need to. People need to keep. Yeah, we love honoring the, oh, yeah. the history of, of showbiz. That's wonderful. I love you guys, and I'm honored, and I'm humbled that you would want to talk to me, so thank you. Well, we love you, Lady Glam Glam. Thank you for listening you. to the Theater World podcast. If you're not already, follow us on Instagram at theaterworld underscore presents. We'll be back with a new episode really whenever we feel like it we've got a few in the works it's coming um, don't worry we'll be posting yeah and that's all for this week of the theater world podcast bye bye everyone bye bye, bye.